Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a company dedicated to helping all businesses with their people-related decisions. They do that by giving clients access to the best human capital, due diligence and background checks available, unprospective candidates, business partners, tenants, and more. To learn more, simply visit www.peopleg2.com. Today, we're privileged to have with us the founder and president of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, Chris. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me. Again, my name is Chris Dyer, and I'll be your host here for the next hour on the Talent Talk Radio Show. I have a great lineup of guests today, and we also have some terrific people scheduled throughout the, the year, and we hope you'll tune in here each Tuesday or pop on that uh, podcast to hear us. More on that in a minute. But basically, the way the show works is we get a wide range of guests who care about talent management leadership development, and company culture, which is something I'm really fascinated about. In the business world, talent kind of has a couple different meanings, and we try to explore both of them. First, as it relates to success and how really talented people achieve success, and the second is how talent relates to human resources and how HR leaders find the best candidates today. Generally, what happens is my guests tend to be both buckets. They're really talented themselves and they have some great ideas on how to deal with talent. So this show looks to explore those two different areas and uh, along with you know how talented individuals may impact a, a company's uh, culture. So my guests typically include CEOs, uh, HR executives, entrepreneurs, authors, coaches, just all lots of great people from different industries that are providing leadership in different ways. I have the privilege of, of being at different conferences when I'm speaking or networking events, and I have the privilege of meeting these inspiring leaders, and I created this forum to allow you to listen in on our dialogue and hopefully learn some practical advice about cultivating talent, developing leaders, managing culture, and most importantly, to impact your own career in a positive way. I want to thank those of you tuning in live here every Tuesday. If you have a good uh, question for one of our guests or some great suggestions, please submit them to at peopleg2. Just go on to Twitter, type in at peopleg2, put in your question, uh, use that hashtag talent talk. My producer, Mike, will feed me the best questions. I will review any of your suggestions, like guest suggestions or question suggestions. Uh, of course, every week we do that. And we'll be more than happy to, uh, to uh, thank you uh, on the air as well if you send us something great. Don't forget you can hear all of our past shows and a lot of our wonderful guests that we've had by uh, going to your iPhone or on Android and open up that podcast app that you probably haven't ever used and type in Talent Talk and you find my uh, my face there with the uh, Talent Talk logo and you can uh, listen to whatever show uh, floats your boat. You can also go to talenttalkradio.com and scroll through all the episodes there as well and listen, listen directly from your any phone, tablet, or computer that you access it. You can join the other 160,000 subscribers we now have to that podcast feed. Um, we hope that you'll join to be one of them and please tell a friend uh, if you've enjoyed hearing the show. We also have a, a great blog where we, on peopleg2.com, uh, if you click on the blog tab, and click on the Talent Talk Radio section, we give you a full kind of written update. What were all the best things that people said? What were the books they mentioned? Maybe what were the cool things that they suggested you go look at? And, of course, what was their contact information if you want to work with them, reach out to them, learn more from them? But now that I've talked your ear off and we've gotten all the business out of the way, let's go ahead and get today's show started. My uh, first guest is Erica Johnson, the Director of Employee Experience at uh, for Nitro, Inc., the second half of the show, I'll have Julia Gomez, uh, founder of Brandful uh, 
workforce on. But let's go ahead and get to uh, Erica Johnson. Erica, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Nice to meet you or talk to you. Yes, uh, virtually meet, right? So Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, over the phone, through the radio, and however we did it, but we're here. So tell exactly. us, uh, everyone here, uh, the most interesting parts about you. You can leave all the boring stuff out or the bad stuff you did, but tell us what are, the, what are the cool, interesting things about you we need to know, and, of course, also a little bit about your company, Nitro. Um, well, I uh, have been the director of employee experience for Nitro um, for a couple of years now. Um, I've been in the HR field for a little less than 10 years, but specifically in tech for for probably the last five or so years. Um, Nitro is a tech company. Um, We're a document productivity company, so basically our platform um, helps businesses accelerate the way they, you know, create, prepare, sign documents, Um, and basically we do that using our SaaS product, um, Nitro Cloud, um, and it just is great for businesses. So, um, and we have a great culture here. So, well, great. And and what are some of the core competencies of what Nitro is doing? Uh, well, it's really um, going around. So, we have a, a PDF platform, of course, um, that's been around for quite a bit of time. Um, we're in this sort of second phase where we've just crossed over into a SaaS product, um, but it allows for you to basically convert PDFs, um, have them signed through the cloud. Um, and we do quite a bit um, with large companies and small. Oh, great. So talk to us a little bit about your role as the Director of Employee Experience and maybe what you think are some of the important parts that it plays in the overall strategic direction of the company. You know, not every company has, or I'd probably say most companies don't have, in a, an employee experience director or even anyone thinking about it, you know, that part of it outside of maybe some, it might be 5% of someone's job in HR, but, you know, you're a director, this is everything that you're doing. Talk about what impact you think that has on the company. Um, well, you know, it's just about making sure that Nitro is a, a great place to work. And strategically, that's so important um, because happy, engaged employees are more productive, um, which just in the end is better for business. So um, we kind of turned the, you know, HR spin around a bit. Um, you know, there is compliance that is important, all of that kind of stuff. But more importantly is having a great work environment um, for our employees. I recently read a Glassdoor survey that talked about uh, millennials where, you know, 60% of them surveyed said that they would rather make you know, 40000 a year for a company they absolutely love than they would make $100,000 for a company that maybe they don't like so much. And, and that's a huge shift because um, I'm not a millennial, so in my generation, I could tell you that most people would have said, I'd rather take the hundred k and not really enjoy my job as much than I would take forty k and, you know, love every bit of it. Um, so some of those differences in, in generations and, and in priorities have started to change. So that really puts a lot of emphasis on a company like yours to have an incredible culture because as these younger people are coming in the workforce, they expect to love who they're working for, what they're doing, and why they're doing it. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's no longer, you know, I was just at a networking event um, where they spoke about uh, actually that there's, there's not really uh, a drive anymore for pay for, for performance. You know, that used to be really huge. Um, what we really are looking at right now is, is engagement and how are we engaging our employees. Um, and that's the difference exactly with, 
you know, the talent that we're trying to hire right now, which is, you know, huge millennial-based um, talent, um, but it really is about the engagement. So how do you engage then your staff uh, there at Nitro, and how does that, you know, impact the overall culture? Um, I think, you know, we have a great work-hard, play-hard culture, um, which is a great balance for most, you know, people. And, I, you know, we, we work really hard here, um, but we also don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, you know, we have three values that we came up with. We thought three. They'll be really easy for us to remember um, and sort of point back to, um, which is, you know, high performance, working hard, no BS, and, and be good. And we sort of make sure that the employee experience team is really aligning everything that we do with these values. So whether it's uh, supporting high performance with a great work environment recognition for high performance, things of that nature. We try to make sure we're implementing um, no BS. You know, we we try to make sure we're transparent. You know, that's really important, especially like we talked about earlier with millennials and staying engaged, being transparent, um, having an open dialogue with our employees. Um, And then lastly, be good, you know, giving employees an opportunity to give back, um, to feel good about you know, what they're doing every day. Um, so we even have a, a program, Nitro Gives, um, where we give our employees five days out of the year to go and give to a cause that they're passionate about. And finding that kind of balance um, for our employees is really important for engagement. And we, we found that it, it works. Well, that's great that you guys do that. And I love it when companies give the employees that freedom and that choice it's almost like giving them the autonomy to say, you know, go do what's important to you instead of it being, well, the company is going to support this thing. So if you want to come and volunteer at this thing that we're passionate about, you may not be, but we are, you know, you can do that. Um, but instead you're saying, go do what you, th- the thing that you think will help, you know, make our world a better place uh, yeah, that you're passionate about. Yeah, everyone's priorities about. are different. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone's priorities are different. And we know that we, you know, diversity is something really important as well. And of course, with a diverse workforce. You know, we all have what what we're passionate about, and while you know Nitro does have things that, as a company, we're passionate about, um, we and we do give back to um, as a company. Um, employees have their own individual, you know, passions, and so we just want to support them in that. I would imagine that some of your job is directed to how you know management how handles the talent really around them. So. What do you do, or maybe what are some of your expectations that the company has of leadership to ensure that they're consistent, kind of, you know, their modeling and guidance, that overall culture and employee experience? Yeah, I think it's really, you know, we sat down, um, I sat down with the execs, and we came up with our leadership values. Um, And I think those were just really important for outlining expectations for our leaders as to how they should be interacting um, with our employees. And, you know, it it really just boils down to um, how we would want to be treated. You know, we came up with some really solid values, you know, things like be here to serve, be fair, be consistent. Um, Items like that uh, or lines like that are are really what what we want to see from our managers. And so, you know, we train them in this. Uh, If you are a manager at Nitro, these are things that you learn. Um, And then we also follow up with our managers. You know, we have monthly updates or meetings around that um, to sort of see 
how we're doing and, you know, where we can improve and where we can make changes um, when it comes to these values. Well, and if you're doing all those great things, and I'm sure that you feel like you have a great opportunity to hire some of the top talent because the top talent wants to work at the best places. They want to be somewhere where they can grow and love what they're doing and make an impact. So are there certain things that you're doing or a particular strategy that Nitro is taking to really go after and be able to land that top talent? Yeah, there is a uh, quote-unquote war for talent right now. Um, And I think um, we try to do a lot about, one, attracting that talent, but then I think, two, you know, retaining that talent. So, But attracting that talent, we have an amazing talent team, Um, our recruiting team who basically puts a lot into getting our brand out there. You know, if our brand speaks to you, I think we'd we'd love to hear from you, you know. Mm -hmm. There's um, a lot. We're looking for diversity, and so we look in all types of places, you know, whether that's networking events, meetups. We do a lot of university outreach and internships. Um, And then we do something really great, the employee referral. Um, Who better than to, you know, get the Nitro name out there um, and sort of speak to the Nitro culture than our employees um, who are happy here. Uh, And so we do a lot with employee referrals. And I'm also wondering for you personally, uh, you've certainly had, you know, a career here in HR and worked for other companies. And I'm not looking for you to say, oh, my last company was terrible or anything. But, you know, can you look at some of those experiences you've had in the past and compare them to, you know, what what makes it sort of different about what you're doing at Nitro when it comes to culture and management and talent recruitment? Do you feel like, you know, there's kind of a distinct difference now in, in the environment you're in than maybe some of those other ones you were in before? Yeah, I mean, we I, it's definitely unique here at Nitro. Um, I, it might have something to do with these Aussie roots, or I'm not really <laughs> sure. Um, you know, we're Australian-founded um, company, but I, it's definitely... Um, and again, not that the companies I haven't worked for previously weren't great, um, but it's unique in that, you know, I really find that the executive leadership here um, at Nitro really support putting employees first. Um, and so it's been really great for whether we're dealing with culture or management decisions um, or how we're, you know, recruiting, um, that we really put um, how we're developing our employees or engaging our employees at the forefront. So. That's fairly new, and it's been really exciting to be a part of. Good, good. Well, I know that one thing that I've been hearing a lot lately is is kind of an old theme uh, that's getting, uh, you know, kind of new attention. It's sort of like that outfit from the 80s that's suddenly become popular um, again. Is this idea of trust, that you have to have trust first at whatever level you're, you're, you're communicating at? So, you know, if you're a manager, you need to have trust among the other managers, Um, or if you're a customer service agent, you need to have trust among the other customer service agents in order for you to start to feel successful and to eliminate some of those natural things that happen in a workplace like, you know, politics and backstabbing and gossip and, you know, sort of the the things that you think about in more of a cancer into a bad culture. So are there things that, you know, your company does specifically to try to foster trust among those different groups or among your peer groups? I think it really goes back to that value of no BS, you know. The transparency really helps to build that trust. Um, So, you know, we do surveys every quarter. Um, Sometimes we do longer, sometimes we do shorter surveys. But surveys so that we're really hearing from the employees, 
um, and we sort of follow up with the results of that survey and, and, you know, what we're doing based on the results from that survey. And we also have, you know, biweekly town halls, just an open forum um, for anybody to ask anything of any of the leadership. Um, so if there's any question in your mind, um, we have that. And then we also have, um, for those who might be a bit shyer, um, for our team meetings, we have a sort of submit a question. Um, so you can anonymously submit a question, um, and it, it, we, we promise to answer our CEO, myself, our COO, any of the leaders. Um, you can direct it at any of the leaders. Um, and I think once you have that open dialogue um, and people know that you're there to give them the answers, um, to, you know, put them at ease, to, to give them the vision, whatever it is that they're looking for, um, it really you know, builds that relationship. And where does some of this uh, passion that you know you have around engagement and people uh, come from? I mean, you know, is there maybe a a person that really had a profound impact on you on your own you know interest in this area or leadership development that you might share with us? I think is it's a little bit of it's a combination of things probably. Um, you know, I do have. Uh, I just recently went to a, a mentoring uh, conference. And it was a women's and mentorship conference, but um, it really spoke to you having um, more than one leader and how you sort of blend that and take from different people. Um, and so I, I say it's a couple of things when it comes to my passion around people. Um, some of it uh, has been learning from leaders that I do not want to, you know, right. replicate <laughs> what I don't want to see in, in leaders. Yeah, you we've know. all had those, um, yeah. Yes, it's kind of like, uh, actually, that does not work um, for me, and I don't know how that would really work for, you know, the people at Nitro, so we definitely probably won't go that way. Um, but I think it is also really learning from those around me and those I've worked really closely with. Um, our CEO, Sam Chandler, is a great example of someone really high performance, great vision, um, really cares for people, and so it's really supportive of a lot of the you know, processes that I put in place or ideas or things like that. Um, our COO, Gina O'Reilly, has one of the best sense of humor. You know, she's so great um, in just not taking herself too seriously, and I learned a lot from that in that, you know, you can definitely, you know, win by basically, you know, being yourself, and she's been really, really great at that. So I, I think it's a combination of that, a little of, don't do this, but, you know, do do this. Right, right. Well, uh, and I'm wondering, uh, one of our favorite questions to ask our guests, because um, we get such unique and uh, wildly different answers, is Is there a book that you're reading right now that you uh, could tell us about? Uh, I am reading Thrive by Ariana Huffington. Mm -hmm. um, I just started the book probably like a uh, couple weeks back. Um, only a few chapters in. I'm a slow reader these days. Um, with a lot of my plate, um, but it was actually recommended to me by our COO, um, Gina O'Reilly, um, mostly because it's, it's been really dealing with finding the balance, you know, especially when you're trying to do things in business like grow teams, grow departments, be strategic, all of that kind of stuff, you know, sometimes you lose the balance with your personal life and what's important and community and giving back and, you know, taking care of yourself, and so I've just been really appreciating what she's had to say on the topic. 
Well, it uh, sounds like a good book for our listeners to check out. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. You know, we're always looking for great ways to you know, to manage the talent that we have. It's great to make sure they're engaged. It's great to make sure you're getting top performers. But you know, when you have them, you have to make sure that they're growing um, and uh, understanding how important that continued growth is. Uh, is that something you feel like is a theme in Nitro? And if it is, are there things that you're doing uh, specifically? You know, really growing talent um, and actually helping them develop is really important for Nitro. Um, we have a learning and develop de- development department um, for that. But I, I myself with my team and managing my team um, find that, you know, of course there's the basics of educating them and um, and sort of mentoring them in certain aspects. But I think it's also, you know, communicating, um, supporting them, I think a level of autonomy, you know, allowing for them to do, you know, some of the work themselves, learning, taking it in, do some of the problem solving, and just sort of being there to support them through that um, and watch them sort of rise to the challenge. You know, it's it's been really great to see my team grow um, and really be able to implement some of that. Right. Absolutely. And I know that we were talking about a lot of, uh, you know, good things and fun things today. I uh, also wondered, is there anything that you find kind of more difficult in this process to do when it comes to talent? Uh, you know, I think it's really making that that move from, I think pr- particularly when you're promoting from within, right? It's ha- helping new managers make that move from uh, individual contributor to manager, Um, And so we do a lot around that where there's, you know, training involved um, through our learning and development department. But I also think it's supporting and coaching them through that Um, because there's a big difference in being an individual contributor and being a manager. Um, And so knowing that that won't happen for them, you know, overnight, that it'll, you know, take some training but also some coaching as they sort of make the switch. Right, right. Uh, It definitely can be uh, a bit more difficult than... uh everybody wants to handle. So we're, we're kind of here at the end of the interview. And uh, Eric, you certainly have given us a lot of great information about your company and the great things that you're doing. If uh, anyone's interested in learning more about your company, whether to use it for a service or maybe they want to come work for you, what's the best way for them to find out more? Um, they can go to our website, um, www.gonitro.com. Um, or that I would suggest checking out our blog, too. It's some great um, product information, um, also culture information. And that's uh, blog.gonitro.com. So fantastic to learn more about Nitro. Yeah, people, I'm sure everyone can go check that out if they're interested. Uh, Erica, thank you so much for joining us today. We, we look forward to maybe having you come back and give us an update on how you and uh, the company's doing. That sounds absolutely great. Thanks so much, Chris, for, for your time. I appreciate it. All right. Well, up next, we have uh, Julia Gomez uh, after this quick commercial break. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, 
Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. As a reminder, if you have any uh, questions for my next guest or uh, suggestions on uh, questions we should ask in general or uh, even uh, who we should have on the show, please send them to at PeopleG2 on Twitter. Use that hashtag Talent Talk, and we would love to hear from you. You can also visit uh, TalentTalkRadio.com. Uh, or go to your podcast app and type in Talent Talk if you'd like to hear past shows uh, or re-listen to this one. And you can also visit our blog on peopleg2.com. Click on the blog tab and you can get a recap and all the information there uh, in written form if you'd prefer to, to digest the information that way. My next guest, and hopefully I'm saying her name correctly, is Julia Gometz, uh, founder of the uh, Brandful Workforce. Julia, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. And am I saying your last name correctly? Uh, that's fine, yes. Okay, good, good. Well, tell us about yourself and uh, what you're currently doing with uh, Brandful Workforce. Sure. Uh, well, see, I started out in, as a mediator, uh, an interesting career path over into human resources. Uh, but I was over at JetBlue for eight years leading uh, HR analytic and engagement, employee engagement. Um, and then a few years ago, I launched off, I wrote a book called The Brandful Workforce. Uh, and also consulting and executive education services. Uh, but most recently, I'm really excited about a brand new uh, offering that we're building called Brandful Code, which is really enabling organizations to unlock the full power of their brand uh, by leveraging social media data. Um, so that's going to be coming out in the next couple of months. We'll be able to, uh, via social media analytics, produce a list of top Brandful companies with scores and ranks, and will basically have the capability to score and rank any company and provide benchmarking um, all around um, who's brandful and who's not. Well, that's great. So I know the headline on your your website is, uh, we bring good brands to life through employees. Can you expand on what that is and how a brand can come to life and be stronger because of the talent behind it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, I, as I see it, people really are the brand. Uh, and so really that's what that means. But, but really pe- the people behind the brand bring three things to the brand. Um, and that's innovation, excellence in service and quality, and more great talent. They actually help bring in the uh, future uh, employees of the company. And, and when a company is hiring then, what, what sort of things should they look for in the talent they are seeking to acquire to really ensure that you know, the talent that's brought on board matches up with the needs to kind of you know, meet that goal of what you're talking about? Well, you know, in my book, in Chapter 4 specifically, I have a whole uh, area of topic I talked about recruiting and how to bring in brandful 
um, you know, that it's important to bring in somebody who's brandful. Um, and how you do that is you really look at um, their interaction and their history with your particular organization or your set of products and services. Is it something that they're genuinely interested in, they are familiar with, they know about, they get excited about? Um, and, and, and so that's one, one way. Um, and then, you know, in the interview process, I think it's important uh, when a candidate can actually relay a meaningful personal or professional story that really aligns with what the brand is all about. Um, and lastly, um, you know, th- this is one you might not think of, but uh, when a hiring manager or recruiter is, is talking to someone about the company, I think it's a, I always advise it's a good idea to say what challenges there are with the company, with the brand, and and to see if the candidate's actually okay with that and actually willing to come in and help solve some of those challenges. Um, that's all part of, I think, what it really takes to, to, to really bring in somebody that matches up and, and can push the brand forward. And, and then, so once you get them on board and in, in you know, the company and hopefully contributing to some of those things. And what are some of the strategies that you suggest to get the most out of that person, the most out of your talent to ensure that, you know, they really are utilizing their passions and that those things are, you know, obviously aligned with the company? Right. Uh, Well, believe it or not, uh, actually providing opportunities for employees to participate in the brand, that's really my, my top answer to that question. I mean, and I don't think companies do enough of that. But, yes, companies provide, um, you know, these um, speak-up surveys or feedback surveys. That's important. But also um, there are these idea platforms now out um, in the marketplace where um, uh, employees at any location can go on and give in their ideas, submit them, see them through, help help build the ideas through to completion. Um, some companies provide a certain percentage of time that, com- that uh, employees can actually participate in, in creation, um, creating of their ideas and implementation of the ideas. So that, that's sort of one part of the answer. It's really providing the opportunities so they can actually implement some of their um, passionate ideas. Um, and, it, and another one is actually the company, by recognizing employee contributions on a regular basis, Mm-hmm. Um, and showing the contributions that employees actually make really continues the, the, the cycle of inspiring more participation. The worst thing is, is to not actually highlight all the wonderful ideas that employees have um, and not to showcase them because that, that kind of dampens their interest in continuing it on. Sure, sure. And, and, and does that... Does it, does are those types of things the most effective ways? Or are they you know synonymous with you know from a talent management standpoint? Kind of you know I guess having the most effective ways to keep employees interested in being a part of the company, or are there other things that you find kind of ignite their passions and keep them aligned? Um, I, I really find that the, the 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 number one way to keep them engaged on an ongoing basis is to actually implement their ideas is what I mentioned so that they can be part of the results and that's when I said earlier people really are the brand living it and actioning it not just having a suggestion box if you will um, but really having that full circle that's what really continues on with the engagement. Do you ever see companies that are struggling with 
you need to engage their ideas, but what if their ideas are off track? I mean, what if they're not... We've seen situations where a particular service or product may be so complicated, and you may have staff that are, you know, at, at a lower level that they can't... Un- their suggestions really aren't in line with or at the sophistication level of where what the company needs. So is it more maybe internal, small internal things where their ideas are being met or being implemented? Or, you know, is there some sort of balance there or reset? Yeah, and I just want to clarify. I, I hear you that, yes, sometimes on the lower level, the employees aren't um, may not have the sophistication. But I actually see it at all levels because companies are changing so rapidly. Um, that's part of the challenge of, taking in ideas and, and being able to implement is that you, have, you want everybody to see where you're going as, as you're going and as the path sort of changes. So it could really be from any particular level. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that the trick here is to have a system to process the ideas as they come in uh, so that if, let's say, it's off track or it's not in line with what you were thinking, there's a way to close the loop and say, hey, thanks, you know what, Th- we like this aspect or that aspect, or you know what, this isn't the right time, or we didn't like this. But to be able to just simply provide feedback and to say, you know what, thanks for your idea, but we're not going with that right now. That's what's important. So then that person feels like, okay, I, I, they responded, and I figure out why, but I'm going to still keep some ideas coming. Right, right. So it's just acknowledgement that, I guess it's validation, right, that, mm-hmm. you know, that they had an idea, they're part of the process, and, you know, it also can be a great learning experience, too, for someone to understand why. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I love to kind of suggest to other CEOs or entrepreneurs is trying to find a way to say yes. And so if someone has an idea, you can say yes, but here are the things that you ne- we need to solve first or that need to happen in order for that to be a reality. Um, and that can be a great experience for someone in learning some of the things that they don't know that go into that you know, equation of whether or not that's going to be a good idea. Absolutely. And they may have nine ideas or ten. They get to the tenth, and the tenth one is the one that they, that they go for, and it's really meaningful. Mm-hmm. So you want to keep encouraging them because you never know, and that's what I really want to stress, you never know who is going to come up with the most magnificent um, million-dollar idea. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you, you know, uh, you you talked about that you had written a book, and uh, I know it's titled The Brandful Workforce, How Employees Can Make, Not Break Your Brand. Uh, what's your target audience here for this book, uh, and what do you think the average reader might get out of it? Yeah. The target audience is really the business leader, but I'm not sure if you've seen in in the past books um, for leaders, and some books say, hey, everybody's a leader. So in a sense, it is for the business leader, but in a sense, everyone could be a business leader. So um, I I actually was trying to capture as wide of an audience as possible. Um, And it's very strategic and practical ideas for um, action steps that can be taken. There's tips, there's checklists. Um, but really, it's um, it's really a conversation starter. If you pick up the book and you start reading it, and you start, if you can bounce these ideas off of your fellow executives or colleagues and say, "What do you think of it? Is this something that we could actually do?" Uh, because it's a relatively, I say, relatively sort of a new concept to really um, empower the workforce towards the brand. And um, not all companies get it. Not everybody's there. But I think it's a really great, um, easy-to-read book. Um, it, I 
put a lot of stories in there. I referenced almost 100 different companies with specific examples so that everybody, there's something for everybody in there. Well, that's great. So maybe we could talk a little bit about team building. Um, you know, and I'm wondering what sort of strategies you feel work best to help a team become stronger and more focused uh, towards whatever that company goal may be for that group? Mm-hmm. Well, it, in a nutshell, I think a plan is really critical. <laughs> so it's having a plan, um, defining what it is that you're doing, what your goals are, the roles, very, very critical, and then measuring progress regularly. Um, I can't say how many times I've actually seen there's a lot of research on progress. And, you know, when you talk about employee engagement, you think of, you know, that your boss, pride in the company, and this and that. But um, actually when employees see progress towards the goal, that's really motivating and engaging. So, like, so having the plan and then measuring and seeing and making progress on a regular basis, I think, is a really great approach to team building. Yeah, that's great. And I know we talked a little bit ago with uh, the, your first guest on the show here about trust, too. And I think that that's a big component of any team being successful is you know, those people who are who are at the same level that they need to have trust with each other or else uh, you know, engagement may not quite be the same. Um, you can have trust in your, your manager who may be running that team, but there needs to be great trust, I think, too within everyone else on the team that's there with you at your own level uh, to really have a, uh, I guess, a, a truthful dialogue, right? Kind of a real sincere mm-hmm. movement towards whatever that goal may be. Do you, do you see that yeah. as being an important part? Yes. And, you know, I think I've been really spoiled because I've worked, um, you know, Jeff Blue, I've worked at Morgan Stanley. I've worked at companies where integrity was uh, one of the top values of the company, mm-hmm. and I never really had uh, myself an issue with that because that's for me that's the given for any particular business. Um, and I have a really strong worth ethic. So, uh, but that being said, yes, there are plenty of workplaces and cultures out there that don't have that trust, and absolutely, without that, work definitely can't get done. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's probably a lot of different directions we could go here, but, you know, is there a concern uh, at all for you that, you know, by developing a team that is driven by their passions that it might result in more competition? You know, I mean, are they, are you potentially, you know, creating people who will go out there and compete with you or want to go do their own thing? Is there there ever that sort of fear that you guys have internally? Well, not really. The way that I've structured um, the brand for workforce is it's really about the organization. I think the competition aspect is healthy because it's we're competing against our outside competition, not internally. And it's really interesting with my background starting out in conflict resolution. Um, you know, one of the big conflict theories is a common enemy unites. So companies that are very good at positioning their external competitors um, as, okay, we've got to get together to take over and beat our competition, have a really strong unity within their company. And um, a brandful workforce is definitely along those lines. It's basically everybody's rowing together on the same ship in the same direction. Um, so it, it, for me, the, this individual competition doesn't really come into play. Right. Really. So you have this great perspective on things, and you're really kind of dialing in on a particular area. 
uh, for companies. And I'm wondering if this comes from a particular event, a particular person, or maybe a mentor who had a big impact on you to kind of really, you know, go in this particular direction and have this kind of focus. Uh, is there that kind of moment or person that you might share with us? Yeah, you know, there there really is. Uh, and I have to say, my mentor at JetBlue, uh, when I first got there, um, her name's Barbara, and she was really an inspirational leader to me and to everyone around her. She was someone, she really showed me that when you give a lot to your team, they'll give a lot to you. And she was just so giving and but not just giving. She had a way of getting, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of be a little bit dry here, but, um, you know, she had a way of getting the most discretionary effort out of people. Um, but I, and, but it wasn't like anyone felt like, oh, she's just trying to get, get me to work overboard. Um, but, you know, everyone around her wanted to give that 110, you know, 200 percent to get everything done. Um, so I was definitely taking notes from her, and um, and she also was very brandful and just was so passionate about what we were all doing, and it really spread to everybody else. Yeah, uh, it's it's such an incredible thing when people take that extra time and effort to become mentors. Um, anyone who's listening that has that opportunity to be a mentor to someone, it seems to have such a fundamentally gigantic impact on someone's life and. You know, conversely, if you feel like you need a mentor, go and find one. Ask someone to mentor you. Um, you know, ask someone to help you. Um, it, it 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 just it seems to be the difference between those that are kind of living life mediocrely and those that are living it, you know, in a very passionate way and are uh, really being successful. Um, a mentor seems to have every the biggest component of that equation aside from, you know, things that you control yourself like effort and your own personal development. But uh, mentors make all the difference in the world, it feels like. So I'm wondering, um, you know, from a, uh, uh, I guess maybe we could hop to the the book question, and that is, uh, you know, kind of everything that you're doing, and I know you've written a book, but are are you an avid reader? Is there there a book that you might suggest that our uh, listeners take a look at? Um, well, on the particular, you know, I was thinking about just books that I'm currently reading. I don't know. I'm actually reading a lot of um, marketing, advertising, startup topic books right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if that would appeal to the readers. But I'm sure I, it might. Um, yeah. You know what? Um, a colleague of mine named David S. Kidder wrote the Startup Playbook. And um, he gave me a copy, actually, (laughs) and and it's great. He interviewed um, many, many amazing um, entrepreneurs, uh, including, I think, Steve Case is in there. But he's got a lot. He personally interviewed them and taking away their secrets on, you know, how they they did it. And it's just, it's it's really inspirational. And there's a lot of good tips in there. Um, And as a side note, he, he actually, I just recently saw a video he made um, about his book. I also made a, vi- a very short video for my book, too, but that's kind of like, the, you know, the latest thing. But he has a very cool video. I, I like video. So it's worth it just to see the video if you don't even read the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's a good one, let's say. Well, you, you mentioned quite a few things today, and I'm wondering if, you know, 
later on today, if, if someone were to ask you, you know, what were what were the c- couple key things that you brought up you thought were most important? Would you be able to summarize that for us right now? What you think were some of the you know key things that were maybe the best takeaways of our discussion today? Um, I think really getting involved, um, getting uh, the workforce really involved to make a meaningful difference, lending their ideas, getting them to participate, <clears throat> having them be a really important part of the brand and feeling it and really driving that home. I think they have, bring such tremendous value. Um, I didn't even get to mention all the different examples out that there are out there of, of the millions of dollars that they create and save um, that, that, that they really contribute. Um, but at the, yeah, I'd say just getting them involved is so, so key. But um, I would also appreciate folks reading the book, sharing it, interacting, trying out, and I'd love to hear what folks think about it. Yeah, well, that'd be, that'd be great. So if people are interested in learning more about you or want to give you that feedback, what's the best way for them to find out more about the Bramble Workforce and, and you? Yeah, well, they can go on to the website, brandfulworkforce.com. They could email me, julia, at brandfulworkforce.com. I'm on Twitter, um, and I'm on LinkedIn, and I would I would love to hear from, from folks. Well, that's fantastic, and thank you so much for being a part of our show. We've uh, learned so much, and we uh, look forward to future updates from you about uh, what you're doing and how your company's doing. Great. Thanks a lot, Chris. I really appreciate it. All right, so tune in uh, live next week, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. My uh, next guest will be Kaylin, uh, well, let's see, Gabaldon. I think I'm saying that incorrectly, but that would be on the par for me. And she's a, a principal uh, consultant partner at Cenex Rex and also Ivana Fuentes, a senior consultant at Human Capital Advisors. So hopefully uh, Kaylin won't be too mad that I messed up uh, the name there and will still show up. But until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Town Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2. 